Hello and welcome to the Jordan High 2004 podcast. This is Steve. This is Gonzo. Gonzo. How you doing, Steve? Good. How about you? Good. Good. I was going to do like a whole like morning radio shock jockey like <laughs> intro. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's... But that I was a fun change. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't do it. Bonnie was making fun of me because of the intro of uh, Adam Watson's uh, episode. I I loved it for the change of pace. Natalie thought it was a little weird, but you know, she's a little weird. I love you so much, Natalie. <laughs> she's like, were you high or something? It's like, what are you, what are you doing? It's like, I just wasn't here to keep you. I know. Hey, and I'm I'm so happy to see you again. It's been like four weeks or since we've seen each other. So we did get tacos oh that's right so the last time we saw each other was the day before thanksgiving yep we got tacos with josue gus adam watson and amanda showed up amanda showed up with her kids we got to see her kids it was awesome. fun so we'll be getting tacos a lot more everybody if you want to you want to come be great to see you yeah um you got anything you want to share Gonzo? yeah it's been a it's been an eventful week for us on Wednesday, Oliver got his, like, an official diagnosis. So, it's, I think for autism, they categorize it between either mild, moderate, or severe. And Oliver does fall under the severely autistic um, category. So, it's, I think it's a three. So, it's been, I mean, that's, we've been expecting it. You know, it's been something that we've obviously we aren't professionals to diagnose but we knew it wasn't it's apparent enough that we knew that he was autistic right Mm -hmm. so but now it's like we have this official diagnosis and means like it does open up avenues for different therapies and different classes and i mean and that can be overwhelming too because it's like tons of time and hours and it's but you know it's like we're taking it one day at a time and you know, the day that he was diagnosed, it, the clinic or the air, the the place where they do the diagnosis is close to my work. So Bonnie stopped by and told me, like, we're just talking in the in our van after. And it's just like, I don't know. And I, and I think you and I have talked about it. And I may have even mentioned it. I think I'm, I mentioned it. I was talking to in Cody Draper's episode. And it's just like, it's been one of these things that, you know, it's learned to let go, to learn to support and your children and to love them as they are and to be there for them just one day at a time so 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 it's like i'm not i don't think too much about the future i'm i'm not worried about it i'm just you know take we just take it one day at a time and just love and support him and help him out today and make sure that he's happy and healthy and do the best we can to help him out yeah what, what was your um your initial Feeling in reaction to the diagnosis versus having a few days to more think about it. I don't know. I don't feel like I felt. I think I felt fine. It just felt like if it felt like a confirmation. You know, it's just like oh yeah, obviously. I mean, it's like he's. I, you know, you can tell the red flags, and I think not only, like I think the layman person is more educated today on the science of autism than they were maybe even just like five or 10 years ago. So it's one of those things that you, you look out for milestones of, of your child's development. And 
you know, as Oliver wasn't hitting those milestones, we were like, oh, and sometimes even going backwards in development a little bit, then we're like realizing more and more. It's like, oh yeah, it is very likely that he's autistic, you know. And he started at that new school, right? Oh yeah, so he's How's been, that been going? he's been doing that um, that uh, special ed preschool, and it's been good. I mean, it it's a ton of work, and Bonnie needs goes to school with him. But we worked out the schedule where she drops uh, Rosie off in the morning. They go to school, and then by the time that school is done, then she picks up Rose and then drops her off in kindergarten. So it's like right now it's working, but it's been so. It's the preschool has been a lot of work for Bonnie because Oliver is like a lot of the times does not want to cooperate. But I think it's been good for him, and he's been picking up little things like in the. We've noticed that he's pointing to, th- to things more, which is like he's never done that before. And he's starting to say like a few words, too. And it's it's been exciting for us that he's like it, it, it feels like he wants to talk, which, you know, he's never wanted to. He know, if he wanted something from you, he would just grab you and like lead mm-hmm. you somewhere. But now he's like saying a few words. So it's that's been exciting. And so like you, you've noticed that like in the month. Yeah, just in the last that I almost like in the last week, we've noticed that he's been he, Bonnie got him like a, we've have a whole bunch of books, but he he grabbed, uh, Bonnie got him this first hundred words book, and and we've had like a ton of them, but this one in particular for some reason he's like carrying it around with him all the time, <laughs> and he's like he'll grab your finger and make you like point to like tree leaf tree leaf like you just go back and forth and say tree leaf like a hundred times and he's like grabbing your finger and pointing at him but then you catch him after he's like doing it himself he's like pointing at the tree and saying tree or leaf or like pointing at the car and saying car and he's like never done that before. no he's never done that before so that's been really fun and exciting and then we'd catch him i think it's the last two weeks he's he's not saying crisscross applesauce but he is like um crisscrossing his arms and saying it's like the cadence of like the syllable like mm-hmm. crisscross applesauce but not saying the words but just like hen, 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 hen. yeah but it's yeah, like, like mouthing it yeah. in a way that like has the feeling of crisscross applesauce <laughs> i know it's like and <laughs> the funny thing is that on thanksgiving we're like at bonnie's family we're like check it out he's doing crisscross applesauce and like <laughs> i'm like so excited and like they're like oh yeah like it, it it's like, it's obviously it's just a kid crossing his arms it's not but i'm like super pumped like did you guys see that <laughs> so they don't realize and they're like yeah that, that was great <laughs> i love that i i love uh, hearing the excitement of just like just little milestones like you said just like yeah. these little improvements or these little things and going back to what you said about just like getting rid of all expectations and i yeah. think it's the cool thing of getting rid of expectations is just being able to celebrate any victories right. or like any any progress at all. And I I'm happy that you guys got your you know like official diagnosis, and now that will allow you guys to actually like go through insurance and do things to get like proper. Yeah, it's a, it just assistance it, it does that, it right? does open additional avenues right and uh, and additional opportunities for different therapies and things like that. So that's cool. Well, I'm happy for you guys. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's news. It's exciting. Yeah. That's awesome. So you got, you got something going on? There, there was something I wanted to share, but I'll tell it really fast. Okay. So 
just the other day, we, we got a new couch. It's like, after I got COVID... Did somebody poop on your couch? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. There's, there's, you know, it's still a first time for everything. It's still a virgin couch. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, no, after getting COVID, I just thought we spent so much time, I was just like lounging on the house and our couch was just super uncomfortable. And so Natalie and I have always talked about it. So we're like, okay, we'll get a new couch. She found one that she liked on Costco's website. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. How about this? If it's at Costco, maybe. And we go, and the only freaking couch that's at Costco is this one that she wanted. <laughs> so I was like, oh my gosh. So we ended up buying it. It's meant to be. Yeah. And I uh, put the first, like, it was like a bunch of different little, a bunch of big boxes. So I had to make like three trips. So the first trip home, we get home, we're in the driveway, the kids get out. And Natalie and I are just talking before we do anything, and all of a sudden the kids run out, and they're like, there's smoke! They're freaking out. And my daughter had put a big bowl of ramen in the microwave with no water. And so there's just, I mean, so now our whole the whole house just smells like thick, heavy, burning food smoke oh from the gosh. microwave. And it's like, crap. Like, we just got this new couch, but the whole house smells like smoke, and now we got to get rid of this old couch. And if we're selling this old couch, it's gonna be like coming from a you know a clean, smoke-free home. <laughs> Except for our couch smells like smoke, but I promise it's not from cigarettes. Like, and so it's just like that frustrating moment of like, I love having independent kids, but it's like worst timing ever. <laughs> but it, it all worked out. You know, Natalie and I moved out to the garage and we we vacuumed it, we cleaned it, we febrezed it, and it, it worked out fine. It actually didn't hardly smoke like smoke at all. Um, by the time we got rid of it. But uh, I was like, I didn't want our new couch to smell like smoke. But I also know like other times that food has burned from the kids. The smoke smell goes away eventually. Yeah. Um, with Febreze and, and uh, baking soda everywhere and just time. <laughs> you know? so, uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm excited for the day that I know my kids will not ever burn something in the microwave so bad that there's smoke billowing from the microwave and filling <laughs> my house. Hopefully that's the last time. But, that's uh, a, I love that story. That's so funny. <laughs> so frustrating, but you know, our new couch is super comfortable though. So no, I can't wait like, to test it out. If I get COVID again, it's gonna be so much more comfortable this time. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. So um, anyway, uh, who are we talking to today? So today we have um, Lacey Jackson, Lacey Bell in high school, and I'm excited to talk to her. I follow her on Instagram, and we've been Facebook friends, and uh, but I haven't talked to her ever. So it, I, I like talking to someone that I have zero knowledge of because it's it, it makes it I think it's fresh for me. It's it's fun. I I'm excited. I'm excited too. I I remember her a little bit from high school, but she's married to Kent Jackson, and he and I have been friends for a really long time. He's he's like one of the first people I met when we moved to Utah. He lived right down the street from me. I've spent a yeah. lot of time with Like, we were really close. I haven't seen him for a long time, but he's still, like, I know that if I saw him right now, I would just be so happy to see him and give him a huge hug. I, I um, just remember them, like, his brother, Clark, and his Kent. So it's like, Superman, Clark Kent. Clark and Kent, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I, I, like you, I'm excited uh, to talk to someone that I didn't know very well at all. And excited to see what she has to say. So... Here's our conversation with Lacey. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Oh, it's great to see you. 
Yeah, good to see you guys. It's been a long time. Where are you at now? Um, I live in South Jordan, Utah. Oh, okay. Not far from from Jordan. We're being on boundaries. That's pretty close. South Jordan is nice. Yeah, we we were in Daybreak and then Riverton and then South Jordan the last two years. So we have moved really far. <laughs> <laughs> like that southwest region of the valley. Yeah. Well, catch us up a little bit. What have you been up to since high school? Oh, man. Okay. Um, let's see. I have been working with kids, I guess. I went to the University of Utah. Well, I went to Slip first. Um, I went to the University of Utah, um, got my teaching degree. And I taught elementary school. I taught fifth grade for 10 years. Oh, wow. And then um, I was a like a computer technology teacher for upper elementary kids for a couple of years. And then um, I started an in-home daycare when I had too many of my own kids to be working. And now I manage a daycare in Draper, Utah, and I'm actually buying it. So I'll be, I'm going to be buying it like next week we should close. Oh, wow. That's really soon. That's awesome. What's it called? Yeah. It's called Canny Kids. It's like a drop-in daycare. So just when parents need to go to like a doctor appointment or moms get their hair done, go to the gym. So it's not like a full-time daycare, just kind of there whenever you need it. It's a pretty cool concept. Yeah, that's really cool. People listening that have, have been in local people, you know? Yeah, that's a great concept because there's those things that come up where you're like, crap, I can't find like a babysitter or I can't. Like to have something like that just for mm-hmm. when you need something. That's yeah. That's cool. I yeah, haven't it's even cool. heard it's of fun. something like that. Kids have been turds all day. She's like all overwhelmed. It's like, I'm going to drop them off for a couple hours. <laughs> True. We get so many naughty kids. <laughs> I'm getting them out of here. This could be your problem for an hour. I'll, I'll be back. I just need to go get food. <laughs> I need to go eat lunch and breathe for a minute. <laughs> That's awesome. We should give a discount to any 2004 Jordan High graduates. Yes. Oh. <laughs> We'll put it in the show notes, everybody. 10%. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. When moms walk out of the door, though, or dads, sometimes it's dads, it is worth it for them, you know? Yeah. You've got to get those breaks. That's so. really cool. Good for you. And you're closing next week, hopefully. Should, yeah. We've been working on it since July. So it has been busy. You know, you say you, you started your own and then you're managing this one and buying this one. Having mm-hmm. a teaching background and working with kids, has that been really beneficial in a daycare setting? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I don't think I would have ever started my own daycare or been able to manage one if I hadn't had the teaching background and the degree and the experience, just all that kind of fun stuff. You have to take care of Kent. That has to be yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's been the most child care I've ever done. <laughs> yeah, well, be good for him. I love. Maybe that. you should tell everyone how you know. Oh, Steve grew up. Steve grew up with my husband, Kent. like down the street. I love right? Kent. Yeah, right. I love Kent. Maybe we should have a special Kent episode where we could just talk about. It. But I was going to say, like the last, 
the last time I saw you was at Best Buy when I was working there. And you oh, yeah. and Kent and like another couple were on like a double date and you just showed up. And I was so happy to see Kent that I just like ran up and gave him a huge kiss. Oh, you did. You kissed him. <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, what the heck is going on? Um, I do remember that. I, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, we go way back. I, I love Kent. I think he's just awesome. Um, I got a few yeah. questions for you a little bit later on about Kent about him. Doing. Yeah, yeah right. but thanks for catching us up a little bit. And I just want to yeah. ask, how how did you see yourself in high school? We'll go back to when you were a okay. kid, you know, sixteen, seventeen. How okay. how did you see yourself? Who was Lacey? You know, it's funny because one of the reasons I really wanted to be on here is because I don't think anybody even knew me in high school. I was kind of a nerd. I was very quiet. I didn't really have a ton of friends. I had maybe like one really good friend and I actually haven't seen her since high school. So Who I guess we weren't that good of friends. What was that? Who was it? Carly Anderson. We were both pretty nerdy. <laughs> I have to agree. We <laughs> knew each other since kindergarten though. What would you uh, nerd out about? <laughs> no, I was not like a cool nerd. I was like math geek nerd I didn't get asked to one dance I didn't go to like football games I didn't I was like the really just kind of I mean I I try not to look back and be like oh everybody bullied me and left out like I wasn't bullied I just feel like I got left out a lot actually one of the reasons for that I think when I so I was kind of like a middle of the road kid as far as religion I know that's kind of a we have a lot of LDS people in Utah obviously and I went to church but I didn't do the activities like I didn't go to young women's and I didn't go to seminary and my parents were like semi-active so I was semi-active so I wasn't like good enough for the Mormon kids in seminary and but I wasn't like a prayer or like what kid that didn't go to church so I was kind of stuck in this middle Too good for the bad kids, not good enough for the Mormon kids. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know, because, like, my sister, she's three years younger than me from Jordan. And she was, she went to seminary, and she went to every dance, you know. And I just feel like that's kind of was an issue for me in high school, because I didn't really fit in anywhere. I had classes with a lot of similar people, you know, I took... There's people that I remember their names and talking in class maybe a little bit, but never like hanging out. Like I didn't go hang out at people's houses. I didn't go to parties. I just went to school and and went home. Did you have a desire to go? Because like you're saying like you didn't go to any school dance. You didn't go to school mm-hmm. activities. But then also you didn't go to seminary, didn't go to church activities. Like, yeah. did you, did you have a desire to be more involved and like you wish you were, or you were content just not really going through um, those types of things? I don't know. Looking back, I definitely wish I would have been more involved. I wish I had had some really fun high school experiences that I don't think I got to have. Um, but I was so dreadfully shy and had really bad anxiety. Like, um, there was times in high school where I was so nervous. I would literally like shake while I was writing. I would like get shaky, like get all hot and red just because something, somebody like, like a teacher asked me a question or if any sort of attention was drawn 
to me, I would almost like have a panic attack. Yeah. Wow. That's hard. Yeah. It's so I don't know if maybe people thought, I feel like some people thought I was maybe stuck up or kind of like a goody goody. Um, I wish I could go back now because I feel like I'm a complete opposite person of what I was in high school. I'm sure everybody wishes that knowing what you know now and how you've changed and go back and relive high school sometimes. Well, then I guess tell us like, who are you now? What's changed? um, I'm just a way more outgoing person. I am more, I've loved going out with friends and hanging out and being social. And I credit that actually a little bit to meeting Kent because he is, I met him when I was 19 and he's three years older than us. And he had older friends and I started hanging out with them and my brother who was also three years older. And he brought me out of my shell a little bit and then going to college and meeting people who were all, you know, going to be teachers and um, we all had similar interests and just kind of getting out of that high school bubble, I guess, and meeting new people. I mean, being a teacher, standing up in front of 30 kids every day for eight hours, that'll make you uh, not be nervous anymore. To yeah. So that's a question. So like, how did the work with anxiety, did that with, with more activity and socializing did your anxiety start to calm or have you treated it or I mean how how did that work I didn't treat it like specifically it wasn't really diagnosed until like 2014 so pretty recently yeah I think it just kind of changed with life experiences like I was saying and being out and meeting new people and just finding groups of friends with people that I clicked with and connected with. And I mean, you kind of have to do that, I guess, when you go to college. I lived at home, but I still was on campus a lot. And I um, was part of the, oh, I got, I got a scholarship to go to Salt Lake Community College. I got a leadership scholarship. So I had to be on the leadership team there. And that was really good for me to be part of like a student government group and meet new people and it kind of forced me to get involved was that the first time you were in something like that that forced you to kind of come out of your shell I think so yeah because the only thing I did in high school like I would have loved I was athletic I slam athletic and I would have loved to play basketball or soccer tennis I love playing tennis but I would never try out for a team because I would have just probably had a panic attack and like ran out of the court or something <laughs> and then been embarrassed even more. But I was the yearbook editor our senior year, but that's just something you can go. I did that mostly on my own and we had a yearbook team, but it was a lot of alone time and just kind of working on stuff, which I liked. I still like doing that. Um, but yeah, I think just, being forced into that leadership group was a really good thing for me. Hmm. So, so it sounds like today you're more confident. You're definitely, you're saying you're more outgoing. It's like, you've changed a lot. Like, yeah, you more comfortable meeting with people. You're like, 
your anxiety has it's it's changed you don't have it like before um yeah what else what else has changed about about you I just think I'm I'm a lot more like opinionated actually have opinions <laughs> I mean I, I can kind of attest to that we've been so this is probably the first time we've ever talked Right, but, I know. <laughs> but we've been yeah, we've been Facebook either. friends for like over ten years, and right? I've like looked at I like look at your posts and stuff, and I, I've yeah. I've never like commented or anything. But um, but yeah, it's I feel like you share strong opinions on online, and man, I appreciate that. It's it's cool. It's cool yeah. to see. So yeah, I can attest to that. Even though we're like <laughs> this is our first time talking, right. <laughs> but I know that you're opinionated. <laughs> Now everybody's going to go look at my Facebook. I'm going to make it private. People, they'll either love you or they'll hit you after that. You know? Right. Yeah, do it. And that's something that's I realized, perfect. too. Like, um, having kids changed a lot of that for me. I didn't really care what people thought about me anymore. I think in high school, I really, really wanted to be accepted. I just didn't care anymore as I got older and did my own thing. And I was fine if people didn't like me and fine if they do. Uh, I would never have like been on the debate team or anything. <laughs> I'm just curious, um, you know, going from that state that you were describing in high school of just kind of shy and sticking to yourself, like spending time alone as a yearbook editor. Mm-hmm. Did you always want to be a teacher or what was it that drove you to, to education? I, I started at my college degree in psychology. I wanted to be a sci- child psychologist. So I knew I was going to work with kids. And then I didn't decide to go into the teaching program till my third year, till I transferred up to the University of Utah. And um, I can't even remember what made me decide that. It just, I always liked school. Like I said, I was a, like a smart kid. Um, I was doing air quotes. Yes. <laughs> 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 I took AP classes and you can own it. You're a smart kid. No air quotes. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny though, too, because I also like hated school, (laughs) but I like the learning part of it. Right. So I guess I just wanted to stay in school forever. I don't know. (laughs) I haven't taught school now for about four years. Do you miss it at times or are you kind of? My son started kindergarten this year, my oldest. And I've been going into his kindergarten classroom and it's really, it's fun. It's brought back lots of memories and I don't know, I'm keeping my license active. So maybe one day I'll go back. There's a lot of good things and there's a lot of hard, hard things about teaching. Right. So, And now I feel like it's really hard with all the special COVID restrictions and things like that. Yeah. Schools yeah, I was tough people lessons. shooting up schools all over the country all the time. You never right. Know. I mean, we haven't. Utah's been pretty good about school shootings, but yeah, that's don't say that. Yeah, I won't jinx us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, there's yeah, there's there's always good and bad. I think just like everything. I don't know. We'll see. But now I'm just starting a business, so we'll see how that goes too. That's that's a really exciting change. I'm excited for you to yeah. start that. Um, yeah. It's fun owning a business and getting to be on the back side of it, just making sure things run and it's yours. You get to do it however yeah. you want to do it. It's really, it's fun and it's challenging. So it's, it's going to be fun for you. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. 
All right. So uh, what have you learned? I know. And I don't know how much you want to talk about it, but I know with Kent's like health struggles, like mm-hmm. I know that that's got to be that's challenging. That's really hard things to go through. It's like, what are your lessons? What have you learned? Um, I guess I should probably tell, explain that a little bit. So in August, 2020, so Kent and I got married in 2011. We dated since I was 19. So we dated for like six years off and on. I don't know if Steve remembers any of that. We broke up like 7,000 times (laughs) and then got back together 7,001, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, in August of, of 2020, he was just getting ready to go to work and I was getting the kids breakfast. It was early in the morning and um, he's like, I'm going to go shower. And um, he went back into the bedroom and 20 seconds later, I hear like the craziest noises I've ever heard. So I was like, what happened? Did he fall asleep? And like, he's snoring or like, what is going on? So I ran into the bedroom and he was face down on her bed completely purple, trying to catch his breath, like trying to breathe to gasp air. I don't know if you've ever heard anybody choking, but kind of just like these big inhales. It's really scary. So I, I kind of shook him. I was like, can't, can't wake up. Nothing. He wasn't, I knew something was wrong and he's unconscious, obviously. And so I ran back out into the kitchen, grabbed my phone Um, I always keep my phone like right on my person now (laughs) because of this. Luckily, my dad, we bought a house with my dad and he lives in our basement two years ago. So I called 911. They put me on hold. I was on hold. Yeah. So I had time to run downstairs and get my dad. He came and helped me. I told my kids like go downstairs with grandma um, and ran back upstairs by the time 911 answered. So it seemed like forever. I'm, I'm looking back. It was probably a couple minutes, but still a really long time when your husband is dying. Oh, right. Yeah. In the bedroom sure. and you know, he needs somebody to help. So I finally got a hold of 911. They told me to pull him off the bed and get him onto the hard surface to do CPR. So I, I started CPR. I had done CPR training for my teacher program, but it was about 12 years prior. I remembered a little bit though, enough, I guess. So I just started doing CPR um, while the, the woman, the dispatcher on 911, like counted for me and she like, counted out loud and she's like, count back to me. So I was like screaming into the phone, counting. I don't remember a lot of it other than I was like, I was shaking and just so much adrenaline going. And the paramedics were there within, within five, four or five minutes, I would say. Um, And I just gave him CPR the whole time. I broke all of his ribs. We found out later, which is the way to do it. If you are going to save someone, Um, you want to break their ribs. So, Paramedics got there and took over. He, that was a Friday morning and he was in a coma till Sunday mid-morning. The doctors were telling us he's going to be a vegetable. He's going to need a wheelchair. 
He's going to be brain dead. Like he's not going to remember anything. He's not going to make it. Like they really, they just kept saying he's very sick. He's very sick. That's like all they would say. And this was right at the height of COVID too. And they let his mom and his sister and his brother all into the emergency room. Like they totally broke all the COVID protocols because they thought he was going to die. So they, they've let everybody come see him. And so he was in the ICU. They froze him to stop the brain damage. Um, and he was just on so many drugs to try to keep him alive and keep his heart going. Um, they actually got his heart going on its own a couple hours later that morning. Uh, but he was still like just so out of it and still had so many issues, even though his heart was working. And then yet we just kept um, his mom and <clears throat> myself would kind of rotate in the ICU visiting him and they let his sister in um, who's a nurse. She was an ICU nurse at a different hospital. But so they let her come in and, and see him Saturday afternoon or evening. She was talking to him and he squoze her finger. And that was like the first sign of response that we had gotten since, since Friday morning. But the whole time, the whole two and a half days or <clears throat> so, like we were all preparing for him to be dead and, you know, thinking, what am I going to tell my kids? I have, so my son is five and then I have twin three-year-old girls and just trying to explain to them what happened to daddy. Luckily, I didn't have to because um, I said he woke up Sunday morning. It was... <laughs> And he he had almost no damage, like no permanent damage, no brain damage. It took a while for his kidneys to function again from all the medicine. But he was really lucky. And we were really lucky that he pretty much just came back to normal. He was, I guess, um, I don't know the exact stats, but he was probably not breathing on his own for like, seven minutes maybe oh wow before they got the mask on him and everything which is wouldn't normally cause so much brain damage so but, you but he had a near-death experience you know saw jesus and it's been kind of crazy to hear all that and just and it was it's just we're just really thankful that he he survived and our girls are such daddy's girls, so they, they've they had a really hard time with him gone. He was in the hospital for 12 days, and then he pretty much just slept at home for a month. But I just feel really lucky. I know there's a lot of people who don't get that, you know, come back. And it wasn't COVID. Um, he just had a random cardiac arrest. Um, his family does have some heart history, but nothing like that. So... It was traumatic for sure. Has was it ever on the radar? Because yeah, you brought up like his family has, you know, mm -hmm. a history of that like his brother had his heart transplant, and yeah, has, has Kent ever had any issues with that? Even no, because they got checked. He and his siblings were all kind of monitored because of his little brother throughout their lives. 
and they saw cardiologists and um, nothing was ever of concern. It was just that the cardiologist kind of chalked it up to stress. He's had recently started an extremely stressful job, We'd done some traveling. We'd just gone back from the East Coast where he had gone to work and then visited with our friends and then gone back to work and then home for like 10 days. And we had three-year-old twins and they really, that's the doctor said, I, we can't find anything other than like extreme stress. So when people say stress can kill you, it's true. Wow. And he was like, uh, only 1% of cardiac arrest patients survive. So, and it was like, I think that was the percentage one to five. So he's kind of an extreme case. We're just lucky that it happened at home and not at work or in the car or basically anywhere else. I remember when you posted your experience and then when he posted his experience and it's just like reading about it and hearing about it, my heart just sunk. Mm -hmm. And then hearing you kind of just retell the story. First of all, I just want to say like kudos to you, like because you were able to do that CPR right, right away. Like yeah. Even if you're not doing mouth to mouth and breathing in, just keeping the blood circulating. Yeah. That, yeah. They don't even huge. recommend mouth to mouth anymore. Right. They just, they... just keeping the blood circulating and like doing that, you saved his life and how so great scary, and lucky too. you are that you were there and you heard a noise mm -hmm. and thought to yeah. go look. Yeah. And I, I think it's just, it's a crazy emotional story to hear. But mm -hmm. the fact that he's made it through just the same old Kent is just a miracle. Yeah. And how lucky to still have him around. Right. Yeah. Man. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, actually, so I had to give my mom CPR in 2008. Um, she got a blood clot after surgery and she did not, she did not survive. She passed away in 2008. So this is my second time giving CPR. Um, oh, this sounds really bad, but I like to say I'm one for two. So, That's but yeah, we've had some medical trauma in our, in our family. <laughs> Lots of it. That's yeah. like people will go their whole life and never even have to do that once. And you've mm -hmm. got to do it twice, but one for two, that's, that's better than oh for two. So, yeah. 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 A blood clot isn't necessarily when <clears throat> you can save a person right, from you yeah. know, once it's there it's not really savable by cpr like a heart is yeah. so that's my advice for everyone is to know how to do cpr um something we kind of thought about when he was in the hospital and we still thought he was going to die just like know your spouse's passwords and how to get their life insurance and where you like if you're not the spouse that pays the house payment or you know does all that kind of stuff you don't think about some of those things that you would have to write that down somewhere yeah it's just like yeah or even something like know your because i had to like find his boss's name in my in his phone and like know who your spouse's boss is in case i mean that seems like a dumb thing to think about but I called his boss and was like you know Kent's because he had all these messages and it's like yeah he's not coming in today um so just 
things you don't, don't normally think about. It's just always good to be prepared. That's good advice. How do you think these experiences have changed you? It's brought back my anxiety a lot. <laughs> but I've done some trauma therapy and for a minute it actually it brought us a little bit closer to kind of see him humbled a little bit, I guess. And he had to depend on me for a, a lot for a long time. I think it made us both a little bit more appreciative of what we have that, you know, that we're, we're lucky to be alive because you never know when it can happen. Like another thing is just like always telling your loved ones that you love them. And cause my mom, the same thing, like she was fine the night before and then she just didn't wake up the next morning. So it's, that's, it seems a little bit morbid or, kind of dark but it happens it happens a lot and I just think it's good to let people know that you care and that you're there for them and that you love them because you never know what it might be the last time that you see them so that's been one thing and then another thing is like knowing your family's medical history and even when Kent had all this and they were trying to discover what happened you know we had to so like my nieces and nephews on his side got all tested and had like a cardiologist look at them and I don't know, just being extra careful. Cause I think a lot of people think, Oh, something like that will never happen to me, but it really, it can. It's good advice. Good yeah. lessons. You know, whenever we have like a, a lesson at church about genealogy and family history, I always will tell people, it's like, you need to know, if your mom and your grandma and your aunts all have breast cancer, like right. your family history is important. You should know these things. If your grandpa yeah. and your uncle and your dad and a bunch of guys died from like, uh, strokes, <laughs> whatever it may be, like you should get this stuff checked out. And yeah, like sure. just hearing you say like everyone in the family is like, man, yeah, go to the doctor and find out if you've mm -hmm. got a handful of family members that have these heart events. Uh -huh. You want to find out, see if you're at risk. And that can really either relieve a lot of unknown stress and anxiety, or you can be prepared for when something might happen. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I'm always a little bit on edge that one of my kids is going to have something, but I feel better knowing that we've all seen the cardiologist and everything looks good and they've kind of cleared them for a couple years and we just have to go in and, and, and check you know, only every three, three to five years, unless something crazy happens. So yeah, we've had, we had some more medical trauma. Um, do you want this to be the medical trauma episode? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, we're here. <laughs> we, well, we struggled with infertility for a long time. I tried to get pregnant with my first son for about five years did all kinds of stuff. Um, our first IVF attempt didn't work and that was devastating. And then our second IVF attempt worked and that's our son, our first son that we have. Um, so he was actually a frozen embryo for a little bit. Oh, wow. And then we were thinking, Oh, you know, it'll take a couple more years. If we want to have another one, we should probably start trying, you know, a few years later when he was, when he was 
you know, one or 18 months because we're like, it'll take four years again, probably. Got to get going on this. <laughs> so we go into the fertility clinic and found out that they like will check your worries and check and see how you're doing if you're ready to be pregnant again before you start fertility treatments. And I was naturally pregnant with twins. Like, wow. out of nowhere. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Um, and we were just like, are you kidding me? We thought we had like four or five more years before we have another one. <laughs> so our kids are 22 months apart. And yeah, it's been insane. And then they were born 10 weeks early. We actually had to fly to California about five days before Christmas in 2017. Um, I had to have a fetal surgery in Pasadena. There's only like seven doctors in the country that would perform it. And um, we had gone in for my 20-week ultrasound. And they had found that one of the twins wasn't getting any nutrients. So she stopped growing for about a month. And I flew out the next, no, we flew out that night and I had the fetal surgery like 6am the next morning and he like saved both my, both my babies. And if we hadn't done anything, they probably both would have died. Um, Just one was overworking and one wasn't getting enough. So, um, and then they were born 10 weeks early. They were in the NICU for 90 days, 88 days. Um, so I just have like a special little place in my heart for medical staff and smart people that <laughs> know how to save lives. And um, I'm just glad that there's people out there that have spent their lives doing that. And like the, my girls, so my, I have identical twin girls. Their like first mom was our cute NICU nurse. And she's like, I still am in contact with her four years later. She took care of them every day for the first three months of their lives when they were a pound and two pounds and just crazy what we can do now. So, do you, do you still have like some frozen embryos? Are you going to? No, I'm, (laughs) I don't know any twin moms that have kids after they have twins, unless it's their first, (laughs) well, their first and second. (laughs) Like I really don't because I've, I've made friends with a lot of twin moms and I think it scares us all away from ever having more. We're good with three, three years. Well, three within 22 months too. That's like, yeah. That's, that's a lot. It is a lot. Yeah. We had three kids under two for like three months. Dang. It's insane. Didn't sleep a lot. I still don't sleep a lot. But. So is there something that you've gotten passionate about? What are your, I mean, I guess besides uh, childcare and, and education yeah. and daycare? Yeah. Recently I've started, well, not recently, the last couple of years I've been really into like group fitness. That's like basically the only hobby I do. Um, I do high fitness a couple times a week and we like to travel. There's just not a lot of time to do everything when you have three little kids. You guys know that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I just like 
hanging out with family and um yeah nothing I really don't have a lot of hobbies that's something I feel like I need to work on and I think as a mom sometimes you kind of lose your hobbies and everything's about your kids when they're younger so yeah like I was saying I've, I play sports so I some, I know I played Tumut Frisbee rec league for a while and then I got way too old to do that <laughs> Keep up with I'm sure college. you're coming back around. <laughs> I wanted to start like a over 35 ultimate frisbee club. I bet that'd be so super popular. <laughs> Knowing you won't get shown up by a bunch of 18 year olds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Most of the girls that I work with are, we have high school students that work there. And then um, just in college or just barely graduated. And they, seems so young it's so weird (laughs) (laughs) i bring up things and they're like what what are you (laughs) i can't even think of anything now but it's just a totally different experience i know how that is we have like the last couple of clerks that i had working for me like were i think 22 and this this one Mm -hmm. is 20 now and we'll just say stuff like like I think that the office is like an old show for them. It's like, oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, I think that was on when I was a kid. Like, in school. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they don't. But they have to help me at, at work sometimes. Like, oh, Lacey doesn't know how to use the iPhone. <laughs> Not that bad, but, you set know. Set up a TikTok account for you. It. <laughs> I, I had my girls at work set up a TikTok for me. I, I was like, I don't know. Will you do this for me? <laughs> You know, we just hired a social media manager, actually. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. We want somebody who knows what they're doing. She's like 20. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I can't do this. I don't have time to learn how to do TikTok and make fun things. Can you can you do that for me? <laughs> but at least you'll be on like um, you'll be have the the inroad of what the kids are saying now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like the word. It's like bougie like i don't oh, know what yeah. that meant so like wait what <laughs> or like uh one of the kids Twiggy. that works for me Twiggy. would always say I can't like even say it. See? Ch- twiggy twiggy i don't <laughs> even know what that means but someone would say like uh gucci <laughs> like it's like what um uh, like that's gucci is like wait what <laughs> like i don't know what you guys are talking about <laughs> all those kids listening right now are like you guys are so old <laughs> Trust me, everyone that like listens is between thirty-five and forty. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, That's but funny. um, we'll do like dance parties at my work sometimes for the kids. Yeah, not for us, not for the employees. <laughs> get those, put those right. up on TikTok. I'm sure <laughs> you'll get all the fans. Uh, one of the kids requested "Achy Breaky Heart," <laughs> and the girl, the girls were like. What is this song? Can you even dance to that? <laughs> like dance? This, this was like fifth and sixth grade <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for me, but that's hilarious. I I think you're right. Like all these high school kids, I can't remember who it was that pointed out to us that the kids grad was it you? Like the kids graduating this year? Yeah, yeah. Bonnie was telling me that yeah, yesterday that they were born the year we graduated high school. Yeah, and it's like things have changed so much since that time. Mm-hmm. Like you know, walking around with my disc man. 
Nick Whitaker being mad at me for listening to Guns N' Roses. Like, <laughs> like nowadays, it's like nothing like that even happens. Like Napster, all that, none of it even matters Napster. anymore, you know? It's just right. so much in the world is just completely different. And most of it for the better. But uh, yeah. it's fun to think back about those times. <laughs> um, Lacey, do we, uh, do we have any beef? Do we have any beef? I didn't talk to anybody to have beef with. <laughs> I have, what's the opposite of beef? Carrots. Carrots. Oh, really? Is that a true, a real thing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you got, you got carrots or something. <laughs> Vegetables. <laughs> carrots. I really wanted to give a shout out. Is that what we call it? Yeah. Um, Danny Stocking. If she's listening. She was the only person. I remember in high school and she was so popular to me. She was so popular. Like I thought she was so cool. And she, we were in DECA my senior year and she was like so nice to me. And one of the only people that kind of reached out and tried to be my friend. And I've always remembered that. And I don't know where she is now, but I just wanted to tell her, thank you for talking to the nerdy girl. And that's something I want my kids to do. And something I really want to teach them to do is to just be a friend to everyone, no matter what they look like, what they act like. I mean, unless they're a jerk, but even then, (laughs) try to be their friend. But just to try to find the lonely kids and try to find the kids that don't have friends and that aren't sitting alone at, at lunch or something, you know, and try to find them. So I don't know if she even thought anything of it or she was just being herself but I've just always been really grateful that she kind of reached out to me just our senior year and it made me wonder if I had had a lot better high school experience if someone else had reached out to me sooner you know no. good job Danny WWDSD <laughs> Danny's talking right. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great that's cool that's a good shout out I, I think we had a uh... Andy Simeona also gave her a shout out. So Danny oh, see, she's, she's awesome. Yeah. If, if you're listening, Danny, hit us up. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> that's cool. That's I'm, I'm glad that there was at least one person that was like mm-hmm. that for you. And I hope that all of us, I know, I think we can look back and wish we had done this and that, but like you just right. said, hopefully we can teach our kids, you know, mm-hmm. to be better humans yeah. than we were. Yeah you know, at that mm-hmm. stage. But yeah. This will find out right now. There's Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I also have to, I'm teaching them from my own high school experience, like go get out there and like find what you like and try new things and don't be the girl that just sits in the back of class and is scared to be looked at, you know? And and have a fun experience and enjoy that time of your life. So, yeah. That's good advice. Love it. Do you have anything else that you, uh, any stories you want to share or any other things you want to put out there? What was the name of your business again? Or your, oh, your preschool? Oh, Candy Kids. C-A-N-N-Y. Candy Kids. Yeah. Okay. Stop by and tell them Lacey said I can have a 10% discount. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> That's legit now. Asking you shall receive. <laughs> we'll We're dropping off our kids now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> is this on tomorrow? Uh, no. no, next week. But... <laughs> okay. okay. We'll start taking inbox? advantage of it right away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. You guys can come on in too. Well, it's been great talking to you. And, yeah, uh, thank you so much. I, like I said before, I've known Kent for a long time, and mm-hmm. you and I have some limited experiences with you know with each other through that. But uh, yeah, I love him, and he loves you. So yeah. I love you through him. Yeah. <laughs> I think that you, you've been. I remember, really- you guys came on a bro date. I just thought of this when I worked at Spaghetti Mamas. Do you remember that? I do remember that. Yeah. I think we were actually broken up at the time. Oh, probably didn't last long. After that, our, Did you guys Lady in the Tramp spaghetti and uh, spaghetti <laughs> mamas? <laughs> no, we did not. Uh, um, we too bad. Uh, but uh, no, I do remember that. Like we used to. Yeah. Like, I used to spend a lot of time with him, and he. Yeah. I haven't seen him for a long time, but he's just one of my favorite people. I've always loved Kent. He has like this. I don't know. He's maybe he's just one of the first friends I made when we moved to Utah. Um, oh yeah. But. Uh, I, I love that guy. And I yeah. know, I know like you brought up, you guys dated on and off and there's a lot of fun ups and downs through your whole journey. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm happy to say that you, you make him better. And uh, so you've been a, mean, a great partner. Yeah. I mean, obviously, <laughs> but uh, his, um, his best friend, you know, Andy Mueller. Yeah. Andy. Right. When Andy got married, his dad told me, this is a couple years before Ken and I got married. He's like, if you marry Ken and stay with him, I will send you a dollar in the mail every month. If you can keep up with him. <laughs> <laughs> Has he done that? I've not seen any money. No. Okay. Oh man. Andy, if you're listening, what's up with your dad being a liar? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's some beef there. It's like, you know, Oh, interest. <laughs> you me like a hundred bucks. Yeah. At least. <laughs> That's funny. That's not nothing. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Lacey. It was yeah, really fun thanks. talking. Fun. I'm glad you guys do this. It's fun to listen yeah. to everybody's stuff. And it was really good talking to you. Yeah, thank you. All right. You take care, okay? Bye. See ya. Bye. Bye. Good night. Bye. So, Gonzo, we just finished talking to Lacey. What are your thoughts? <laughs> oh, man. It was crazy. It's, it was nice to hear from her and it's nice to hear from someone that had a different high school experience, right? Someone that felt like she was anxious or she had a rougher time, like she didn't feel like she was fitting in and to see how like people change. And, and that's the, that's the thing that is most interesting to me that just to see that's like, Hey, you know, it's like, yeah, I was painfully shy and and had a ton of anxiety when it came to social things and you know wouldn't it's like I didn't feel like I was fitting in but it's like it's changed over time and you know as a mom and through the experiences and the confidence that she's gained and I was thinking a lot while she was sharing her story about Kent and his health issues I was thinking about Chris my brother and his health issues because he's had a for him, it was a different thing as he, like a couple of years ago, he, they discover a, a really big brain tumor and, you know, he's had all these brains, he had brain surgery and to get it removed. And then 
uh, his tumor was in, like, covering his pituitary gland. So now he has to have a whole bunch of medicine, medication to, like, replace his pituitary functions and all the other, like, um, glandular functions in in his body. And for a time, I think he was, like, kind of skipped out on some medication or he wasn't taking it right. And he had, like, a giant seizure and... Like, it was the same thing. He, like, had stopped breathing and stuff like that. And my mom was there, and, like, she thought that he was, like, laying on his face. And she thought that he was, like, doing push-ups or something. But he had, like, <laughs> he had, like, had a seizure and fell off the couch and landed on his face. And my mom's like, come on, get up. And then it's, like, they're freaking out. And they she have realized, to like, something's wrong. Yeah, so it's, like, a similar thing like that. And, you know, I was thinking about that and how those experiences are so... They're rare and powerful experiences. They, like, change you. Um, so I was thinking about that a lot while, while she was sharing. And, you know, that, that's just crazy. I wonder, I wanted to ask her, like, what did Jesus tell Kent when, like... I think he posted a video or, like, a sh- he shared his experience, but... I'm going to look I, it up. I, I, we should, I thought about that after, but I was like, oh. Because she's like, Same she thing. met with Jesus. And we're like, oh, well, what did he say? What did he say? Um, I... Uh, off of what you said, I, I mean, I have heard that story, but I haven't heard, I don't, it was different hearing her tell it. Yeah. And the first impression I have after hearing it is like, how awesome is it that at some point she got CPR training? Right. And I think that, I mean, shoot, we live in this day and age now where like, you just go on YouTube and look up how to do CPR and, or go, go to the fire station, pay 20 bucks and get like actual hands-on training get cpr certified you can actually get a little dummy just like the office season five you know, episode 14 <laughs> the funny thing is that i've actually heard that that episode have saved people's lives because it's actual pretty good training yeah. as far as like the beat like trying mm-hmm. to keep this thing alive first that was like, a phrase <laughs> I was <petrified. laughs> oh, yeah it, it is like if you actually follow the train like the true training for sure it can save lives. Yeah. Like, and I, and that's what they say. Like we don't do that mouth to mouth anymore. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. And cause there's, there's issues that you can get with that. But the biggest, most important thing is just keeping the blood pumping. So as long as you're giving those chest compressions and you're keeping the blood flowing, that will continue to bring, you know, you're not losing all of your oxygen at once. Right. And so you're continuing to keep the blood circulation. You're bringing oxygen to the to muscles, the brain. And organs, yeah. and the brain, everything that needs it. But the fact that they got there within, you know, a few minutes, but like her doing CPR until they arrived saved Kent's life. And it's crazy that she got put on hold. It's like, that's nuts. That'd be so scary. You call 911 and you get put on hold. Man. And so I just, crazy story. Yeah. And she, I, she was not, I, she, she nailed it. Like she was not, I don't know, I guess the way I want to say it, like she, she didn't want the spotlight. Like I have a few memories of her in high school, but uh, most of my memories really are of her through Kent. And, um, it was great to chat with her. And I think a cool thing about her, like you brought up that like she has this higher level of confidence now. And I think it's just once she started one, like putting herself in front of people more, but two, like not caring what people think. And I think that we spend so much time worrying about what people think and how they're going to react and how they're going to view us when one people may not even view us that way anyway. And two, who cares? Right. Like, and I think that it's so just liberating once you make that decision of 
I don't care what people think. I care what I think. And I care what the people that are important to me think, like my husband and my kids. Um, and it, it's just, I don't know, I really liked her conversation. I, I thought it was awesome. And I think it's really cool that she went from being this shy, anxious kid in high school to a teacher for 10 years and now, you know, buying this daycare and like having her own business. And I think it's just a cool, a cool journey. Yeah. She's canning on. kids. Canny, canny, canny kids. Mm -hmm. All right. Check it out, everybody. Yeah. If, uh, if you'd like to be on the podcast, just reach out to us, Jordan high 2004 podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you have listened to any of these episodes and you like what you hear, send in a voice memo. We'd love to hear from anybody. Uh, for those of you that have been reaching out, just telling us what you, the episodes that you've liked. Thank you. We appreciate it. We love the little messages that we get and we will keep on keeping on. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart, but the very next day, you gave it away. This year, to save me from tears, I'm giving someone special, special. Oh.